I think it's actually one of the secrets why LashCon has grown and gotten to where it's at is because we've listened very carefully to everyone's thing. Because if you just ask a few of your friends, hey, well, how was LashCon? They'll be like, oh, it was great. It was awesome. But when someone can anonymously write you a nasty letter, it's like, you know what? You kind of missed it in this. Man, do I embrace that. And I'm thankful for that as much as I might go home and cry, but I still know that it's the best thing for me. So if you're a salon owner, if you can find feedback and get that type of stuff, aside from getting a bad review on Yelp or Google, but real-time feedback, man, that's invaluable. And it will help you become a much better business owner. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, I am recording from outside the studio. In fact, it may sound a little different. You may hear some noises behind me because I'm in San Francisco of all places, and I don't have my studio with me. Can't bring it around with me. A little difficult, so I'm recording on my phone. But the rest of the episode was done in the studio, so don't worry, it will not all sound like this. But that said, I'm excited today because basically we were guests on another podcast, we were on Educated Artistry's podcast run by Kayla Hertz. And she's been doing this, guys, for over four years, four and a half years, five years almost now. She is one of the OGs. She just started doing this with her, her friend about a year after we started ours. And she has been doing a lot of great work, really uplifting our industry, educating people, giving you guys good content, good information. Really love her podcast, and I'm glad that she invited us to come on. It was really, that's always really honor. And we really, it's just me today. I, I came on, Tess was not available. And we're going to talk about LashCon, but we're not going to just promote LashCon, just be more of that. We're going to share a little bit behind the scenes stuff, the whys, the how things happen, some of the struggles, and so forth. Because um, I know a lot of you out there are thinking about running your own events. In fact, I see you running your own events, and I think it's super cool. And we're excited to see and want to support other lash artists doing these events. But we also want to bring at least a little bit, I guess to say, uh, experience or a little background so you have a better idea of what you're getting yourself into. Because <laughs> it's not all, all roses, right? There, there's definitely struggles, and it's not probably as much money as people think it will make you. I know at least a couple people who've ran smaller events, and they've told me that they either broke even or lost money. So I know a lot of times people think, oh, yeah, you just do this. This is another additional stream of revenue as everyone's into now. And it's not additional uh, stream of revenue. I mean, it's another job. And yes, and if you do another job, you can get paid for it. But it's going to take some time to make the kind of money I think you want to make through events. So not to say you can't do it, but knowing what you're getting into is a good way to go. Anyhow, so we're going to do that. Plus, I do unpack more details. So Tuss and I did an episode, I think it was in April, where we really lay out the basics of LashCon and now that we're only really two months out, I mean, it's scaring me, but exciting all at the same time. 
there's a lot more to flesh out and talk about. There's more things in play. More things have been developed. More additions have been added to the program. So we're excited to bring all that to you on some of the surprises and fun stuff that we have planned. So we get into some of that too. And hopefully you'll get a lot from it. I have no announcements because basically this is a big announcement, this whole episode <laughs> we're sharing about LashCon. But the big thing outside of buying your ticket, hopefully from LashCon, hopefully this will be, if you've been holding back, maybe this will be that final straw that gets you over. I do hope that you go and you check out Educated Artistry because Kayla is doing great work and I always like to really promote people who are doing good stuff in our industry and Kayla is one of those people. So when this is done, please make sure you go and you follow or like her page and check her out if you're not already following her podcast because it's definitely worth it. Well, now let's get to this replay that's all about me talking about what's coming up with LashCon. Welcome to this week's episode of Educated Artistry. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Paul Lubers, one of the founders of the Lash Conference. And unfortunately, we don't get Tustany today, but we're happy to have Paul here and take his time to chat with us all things about the upcoming Lash Conference. It's going to be in Anaheim, California this year, October 14th to 16th. And in the off chance that you've never been introduced to Paul, him and Tustany ran Integrity Lash for 13 years, a premier seven-digit salon in Southern California. Over the years, Integrity Lash was recognized by Vanity Fair, Los Angeles Magazine, Pasadena Magazine, Brides.com, as well as many others by the best of SoCal. And then for four years, Salon Today chose Integrity Lash as one of the top 200 salons in North America. For the last six years, Paul and Tustany hosts the most listened to Lash podcast in the world called Lashcast with over 2 million downloads. So if you haven't checked that out, I think they're at like 300 episodes or over now. So there's plenty for you to go there and binge. And then Paul and Tustany founded the Lash Conference in 2019. And over the past five years, 3,500 Lash artists have attended the event to learn how to grow and market their business. So like what an intro you guys have done so much like in your time in the career. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, well, I'm 57, so I had a lot of years to <laughs> work on it to get to this point. So, no, it's very exciting. And you're really now looking back at the world of podcasting. I mean, you're one of the OGs. You've been doing it for, what, four and a half years, I think, something like that? Yeah, so. it was 2019 at the Lash Conference when I had Taylor with me that we launched the first episode. So it's kind That's of That's right. Funny. And I remember you guys yeah. talked about LashCon, which I was like, yeah. so honored. I was like, oh my gosh, they came and talked about LashCon. <laughs> it was so cool. I played for Tuss and it was really special. And you guys were on our radar from that point on and you've been doing great. And I know Taylor had to go and do other things, but you've blossomed, I think, into your role and have been really one of the best podcasts in our industry for people to listen to. So it's an honor for me to be here today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I want to get into all the details about like the Lash Conference and of course why people should come. And if you've never been to Lash Conference, you can go back and listen to because I think I even did an episode in 2021 too, where I did like a vlog style episode. So yeah, I've always did. been talking <laughs> about it and stuff, which that was really fun to do actually. But I just want to kind of talk to you about a, a, like your journey throughout these past five years of putting together a conference. But let's start with just even what inspired you guys to create this. Yeah. I mean, for us back in 2019 at the time, if you went to a last conference, it was always a conference about technique. So everyone was doing technique. That's all there was. Maybe someone would talk about Instagram. Maybe you'd have one speaker in that mess that would be like, oh, let's talk about Instagram. And so we were like, man, the other thing too, every last conference you went to, all it was was people pitching their training. 
That was it. You, in fact, a lot of them was like, I'm going to teach you this tech, new technique. And they barely would share anything about it. And then say, oh, by the way, if you want to learn it, here's my website. You can go sign up today and you can take this training with me for only $18,000 or whatever insane price it was. And I just remember watching this and Tusk went to some, I went to some, and we'd been going to other conferences in the hair world that we really like called Serious Business. And I was like, man, we really need a conference that teaches business and isn't about selling people's training. Like you already paid six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. I mean, people complain about last con price. I'm like, I remember pricing, seeing thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for last conferences back in 2017, 2018. And they only gave you one or two days, no parties, nothing, maybe a cocktail hour. And people were happily paying like even more than they do today. But that said, I was like, okay, let's see if we can get a conference that's only about business. And then ironically, we call it LashCon. <laughs> we had nothing about lashes, but we call it LashCon. It was about business. And then secondly, we really banned all the speakers from basically selling anything. Like at the very, very end, if you want at the very end for one minute, say, oh, by the way, guys, I have a train. Here's a slide. Or now here's a QR code. Take a screenshot and maybe you can check into it. Great. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But I really wanted to focus on LashCon about giving value, making sure people are learning things that they need to help their business. And really at that point, Tara Walsh was the only coach in the industry. There was no one else coaching. We had thought about doing coaching, but really have stayed away from it. And so it was just Tara. So 2019, there's one coach in all the last industry. Now you look around, there's like 80,000 coaches. You can have two weeks experience and be a coach now, apparently. But that said, 2019 coaching business, all that was really second nature. And I remember thinking we'd been doing these different waves in the industry. We have the earlier stages back in 2005 when we were around. And then you had this big push in 2011-12 where Instagram and social media really blew up. So you had brands like Social Borboletta and so forth blow up. Then volume came around and then a whole new generation with Lashbox LA and new brands like and Lash Anarchists who were volume brands appeared and began to take off Lost Artistry and pre-mades and all that. And I was like, man, what's the next evolution? And I remember thinking, well, the next evolution is going to be people are going to be wanting to learn business because right now we have so much emphasis on training, training, training that everyone's going to get in the business without any business training. They're going to be like, holy crap, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what structure to have. I don't know what business, how to market. I don't know how to build a team. I don't know how to do anything. I just thought I was a great lash artist. And if you ever read their e-myth, you understand that just because you're great at one scale doesn't mean you're going to be a great business operator. If anything, you're going to have to put in systems and hire people and learn that. So for us, we thought, all right, LashCon, that's it. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's start a conference that really focuses on that. And then, of course, now when you go to business, any Lash conference, guess what? They're all business. <laughs> so it's like we've come full circle. Now you go to Lash conferences and everyone's talking about business. Maybe a couple Lash technique talks, but for the most part, it's going to be focused on business, which is actually a good thing because we really do need more business training. You can get all your personal training, one-on-ones and group trainings for lashes, but man, do we need to really be talking about business a whole lot more so that we don't have people flailing in the wind trying to figure this out on their own. There's actually smart people been there ahead of you, can teach you, and that's really the beginning of LashCon. Yeah, no, I love that. I, it's so weird because I even think back because I started in 2015 and even just thinking back, I'm like, yeah, like there was no, nothing for business during even that time. And when I started, it was just based on what I could do on a Google search on. And just, I have family of entrepreneurs. So just what they told me to do, just really getting pretty much, it was just getting my bank account separate and make sure that it, that structure was legit and we're not commingling things, but that was about it. So it's, it is really, it's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, we looked at the hair world. There's a conference called Serious Business, which is what LashCon is based off of. I love Carol and the team that do Serious Business. And one day we hope to be able to speak there. That would be a dream for us like because we've been going since 2013. But this conference is all about business and it's a hair. And they get about 2,000 people at this conference. It's really good, but it is really focused on the hair side of things. But they really, I learned so much stuff there about business that was like, okay, I mean, half the things we implemented, I felt like we had learned from serious business. And then the other part was we learned from strategies, which is a coaching company for the salon world and the hair world, really. And we learned a lot of their principles. Well, yeah, that's where we got our stuff. And it wasn't until we started that coaching along with serious business, I felt like we got control of our salon and started to grow and actually have systems and operations that made sense. But yeah, most people say still today, I was just, we just did a coaching at PLA teamed up with them to do a two-day business training. And literally, people in the room, everyone, no one in that room, there's like 15 people, had no idea about anything. Like they smart people, really driven people. But most of them, when you start talking to them privately, it's like, man, I'm just over my head. I don't know how to really build a team. Actually, a lot of people think booth renting is a salon. And I'm like, no, you're a landlord. But that, even, that, even that idea, they didn't realize that. Like, oh, you're right. I am a landlord. Yeah, you, don't, you can't build a team. You don't, you're not employees. So people, yeah, there's still a long ways to go. And I think there'll always be because our industry, I believe, has very high turnover. I have no hard numbers. But I have a feeling that 20, 30% of our industry is new every year. Like, oh, new people just showed up. And then a lot of people left. And that's just going to be the normal thing. So there's always new people in. So hopefully this, we can continue the rally with your podcast and ours and Tara's and and Shelby and everyone else that does it to help educate and inform people so they can be better operators. And most importantly, come to LashCon. I promise this is a place where you get inspired and connected and learn so much about your business. Oh, absolutely. And I've gone both where like I went by myself and then I went with like people too. And every time it was fun, like you guys talk about it a lot, how like you can come by yourself, you're going to leave with friends. And it's so true. Like everybody is very welcoming and very nice. And so it's great. So even if people are feeling like I don't have anybody to go with, like you'll make friends and like community there and leave super inspired. Too. That's the number one reason why people don't want to come to LashCon is they hear that they're scared that they're not going to be have any friends. They're going to be all alone and they're going to, it's going to be miserable for them. And they're going to sit in that corner and leave. And you're just like, actually, no, it's not like that at all. We, we actually come up with so many little tricks or ways to help people feel included. So first off, when you arrive, you get there and we do a, a little tea where you get to meet other people that are in, your, in line with you. So in case you wait in line quietly, you're going to walk out, connect to those people and friends with those people. And then on top of that, then we also have, after that group, you get on your name tag, a little thing says, we'll say newbie. So that everyone knows that this is your first time here and you probably don't know anyone. And our goal is for you to make friends and get connected and all that. So by having that, everyone who's alumni, because everyone else has alumni, they know it's their job to welcome you and, and help include you and bring you on to things. Then we have things like our lunch, lunch buddy program, where if you don't have one to go to lunch, you go to this one section of the place. We'll connect you with three or four other people. Then you go out to lunch with people. We have games at some of our meetups so that you can meet people and have reasons and excuses to meet each other. We've cheat trying to find ways to connect everyone because the last thing I want you to do is leave LashCon disconnected and not having any friends. I, you know, it's happened. I mean, there once in a while, someone will reach out. Oh, I didn't meet anyone. I didn't make any friends. I'm like, I'm so sorry. What happened? I try to and learn from what they their experience was so that we can help because some people are just so shy or have so much social anxiety 
company that it's really hard for them that even when you have opportunities to reach out, it's really hard for them to break out of that. So we're trying to find ways to get the most extreme cases to be included. It's not easy, but our goal has always been to be inclusive, to be friendly, to be warm, welcoming, and not like a click because we went to conferences back in the day and it was very clickish. Everyone sits in their corner. Everyone's just scared is the truth is. Everyone's scared of each other and afraid to talk, afraid to reach out. And so we try to find ways to overcome that fear so that people can be included and so forth. Yeah. And I always see Tustany like bringing people together. Like you walk around and you see her be like, have you met so-and-so? Like she's always like bringing little groups together too, which is really cool. Yeah, that's her sole job. I mean, she yeah. does some speaking, but <laughs> right. I'm running everything. Tuss doesn't run anything. She has no responsibilities for anything. But I, my, her job is to be the hostess with the mostess and just walk yeah. around and see people. And then we always say, look, go up to Tuss, introduce yourself. And she literally will go and introduce you with two other, three other people. So yeah, that's her job. And she does a really good job. It's getting tougher. <laughs> the, <I'm> sure. <laughs> thousand people. There's a lot of people to meet. But it's, that's, if you come to Alaska and you literally have nothing's working, Come say hi to Tess. She'll introduce you. I'm sure you guys now, after like having the conference for going on five years, you guys are probably getting asked a lot of questions or people have a lot of misconceptions about what a conference is. And I'm sure they're like seeing now getting closer to a thousand attendees and they're like all this money. Like what are some of the most like common misconceptions that people have about doing a Lash conference? I think everyone knows it takes a lot to run a conference. I used to think, oh, no, no one knows. I'm like, nah, I think most of the sponsors I work with and most of the speakers always go, man, dude, the amount of emails, the amount of information you're always passing around, it looks like you got a lot in your hands. So I, I think that misperception is at least those who work around me know. But I do believe a lot of people think there's a lot of money in it. And there can be. But man, I didn't. I made zero dollars on our first two conferences. Zero dollars. I literally broke even every dime I made. I put into the conference. My third year, I made thirty thousand dollars. I worked a year for thirty grand, which maybe for some people that's like that's good money. For me personally, <clears throat> if that's all I made, I would not be doing last conference of my life. I'd just be like, there are much better ways to make money. So in three years, I made thirty thousand dollars. So. I, I see a lot of people doing conferences and really the money and now they could be doing it just because they want to serve their community. And that's great. I love to see that There's nothing wrong with wanting to serve and help and, and build your brand a little bit. But I hope, and I don't know, I've never actually asked a lot of these people like, are you doing this to make money or what, what's your why behind all this? And their why is like, I just really feel like I need, cause a little more like regional conferences you see where they're just like, Oh, 30 people show up, 40 people show up. And they so it's a very small conference and it's a lot easier work. I mean, it's not like you're going to spend a year planning a conference for 30, 40 people, especially when it's just like everyone in one room with some speakers and so forth, which is great. But there's no real money in that. So maybe you make $5,000 when you're done. Maybe for all that work, you make five grand, which you can't pay your bills or live off of. It's just an it helps offset your bills, but it's not a living wage. So I think a lot of people do that. And I think that, oh, I'm going to do this and I can make a living doing it. And I'm like, no, you're not going to. The only way you can do it is like scale. You have to get the scale. You, it's like almost everything in life. When you're doing something that doesn't have a lot of profit margins, you have to, it only works when you get to a large size. That's why commission doesn't work until you get to like 20 or 30 booth, booth or, or not renters, but employees with commission. Then you can make money because your scale's so big. But if you have five people, every, every, everyone I've ever met has like five, 10 stylists working for them. 
they don't make money. The owner doesn't make anything because they can't. There's no profit margins for using commission. I won't get into that, but this is use that as a comparison about scale. And that's true, like Walmart, and you think all these big companies that are low bu- budget stuff. The only reason why they can do stuff at the pricing they do is because of scale. And that's where for us, Lashcon was the same idea. Lashcon really hasn't gotten more expensive over the five years. It's stayed the same price, even though inflation's gone up, everything's gone up. But we continue to get bigger and wider, which allows me to pull in revenue from more sources, which allows me not to have to raise my prices insanely to help keep up with stuff. I, you know, if I was to do it for only 100 people, I'd have to charge like $1,400, $1,500 for the con because it would be so expensive to pull off at the level we're doing right now. But because I'm able to basically have – we started out at 650 I think, and now it's up to $900 for a ticket because it goes up every few every couple months. But people got in last con for 650 when they bought their tickets early. And you're, there's literally, for that value, there's no conference you can compare it to. It's like four nights of parties and three days on a trade show, all these classes, all this networking, all this inspiration for only 650 bucks. It's, it's like a steal. And that's what I wanted to be. I always want to under-promise, over-deliver. And I'm hoping next year, even the lower prices some. If we can keep growing this to where I can get this to be, right now we're about 1,300 people. I think we'll probably land at 1,400 total. Not all ticket buyers, but that's everyone all involved between speakers, sponsors, volunteers, staff, and ticket buyers. We will be around 14. If I can get it up to like 2,000, I could literally even lower the prices more to maybe where it's $450, $500 a ticket. And that's part of my hope is to continue to go against the trend of inflation because it is about, we do come to this with a heart of service where we're doing this to take care of people. Do I make a good salary now? Yes. I make. A, I think I make a great salary for what I do, but I literally work year round and I'm often working eight, 12, or 12, 14 hour, 16 hour days sometimes. So it's my whole life work. <laughs> it's like, that's all I do. Well, and I think that's probably a big misconception is people don't realize that this is like a year round commitment that you have. Like there's always moving pieces and planning for the next year. Like once you're done with this year, you're probably already thinking about LashCon for 2024. It's like, it doesn't, seems like it's never ending. <laughs> I have the lo- locations, the same location, thank God for next year. So I don't have to change locations. And we already have gotten probably half my speakers or a third of my speakers already set up for next year. I have, I think I have my theme for next year. So I'm already, yeah, I mean, we're working on it behind the scenes, but it's something that is a year round project. It's not something I do in two months. Now, the first year I did it, I think I worked four or five months on it and pulled it off. It was, it really launched and really started working hard on it starting June and we launched it in September. So it was a very short run, but, and I planned on starting it in December, the 2018 is when I signed the contract for the hotel and started working on some details, but really didn't go into great detail until I don't think we had a website until June of 2019. So it was one of those things that, it, yeah, that was a short run. But after that, it's been a year round project each year working pretty much full time only on this. We do a lot of other things too. So it's not just like only this, but it's, it's definitely all encompassing is to get to the scale. Now, so yeah, I think that's the biggest misunderstanding is just how much money there really is. I think everyone is always talking about money, 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 how to make so much money. And everyone, no one knows what, which our theme this year is the long game is everything takes time. Everything takes persistency. Everything takes patience. You just got to work on it and build it and do good work. And when you do good work, the money will follow. And often people just look at how they can make money quickly now. I think that's why you have so many coaches, so many trainers, and all, which is fine. You can do it, but... 
just realize it's not going to be overnight. You're not going to be making millions of dollars as a trainer or a coach overnight. You got to learn your skill. You got to learn how to do it. I had background in, in events too. A lot of people don't realize that I had produced events. I'd done film festivals before. I had done events ever since I was in my 20s off and on for things. And so I had a lot of experience producing events and doing that. And that's a, its own skill. And you not, and if you've never done it, it's going to be a little, little tough, just like when you first learn lashes, right? No one knows how to do lashes when they start. You have to learn, and it's going to take you some time. So a lot of, you got to have a lot of grace for yourself. I mean, I've screwed up LashCon so many ways over the years and so many things I've done wrong that were so frustrating and upsetting. But, you know, you just have to give yourself grace and realize I'm learning. I'm figuring it out as I go, and it will get easier as we go. This is year is by far been the easiest for me to plan because – I have a roadmap to follow, but, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot bigger. So I keep creating new problems for myself. So yeah, I think that's the one misperception is how money and how easy it is. I think no one's really ready for it until you actually get into it. And then you begin to learn the hard way. Yeah. Well, and so you guys are going to be in a different location this year compared to the last couple of years. So what has been, has there been like a really big challenge with just evolving into this new space? Or do you feel like it's been a little easier since it's bigger and yeah, it's it's easier in one way because I've done it now. But and this is a real convention hotel. Like this hotel, this is what they do. The hotel we were in before, yeah, they were a rinky-dink small time, which I love because it was easy and forgiving, and the prices were very friendly. Everything at this hotel is like super expensive, except for our rooms. For some reason, they give us a better rate on rooms. Yeah, I was surprised actually with that, that the rooms were like a little bit cheaper. But even from the map you gave of the booths, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like legit. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a real trade show floor this year. Like if you've been to a trade show like IBS or Premier, you're going to walk in and you'll see booths with stalls and it'll just look like a trade show. It's going to be, I don't think it'll be as crazy big in the sense like IBS where you have all these giant booths and all this stuff because people don't, I've been telling people, please don't go crazy. Don't spend a ton of money on your booth. Keep it simple. Keep your costs low. I want it to look pretty, but at the same time, I don't want you all spending ten, twenty thousand dollars on your booth. Because IBS, you know, you you go in IBS, you can end up spending, especially when you see the bigger booths, they can spend fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to be there. And so I always want LashCon to be an alternative. Like, hey guys, I know that IBS is kind of like where you go when you want to show off that you're the big deal, but LashCon is where all your audience is and you're only paying for them. Three, like five, six of the audience at, at IBS are hairstylists and nail techs. So they really aren't your audience. So you're paying for here and you can get in and out of LashCon as a, a vendor or a sponsor for probably three, $4,000. Then that's what you can pay. And you can make that back at least in cost, I believe pretty easily just selling product there. And then the real invaluable amount is how much money you make afterwards with all these new people who buy your product over the year. You spend $5,000 at LashCon, but you make $20,000 in sales over the year. To me, that's a win-win. So LashCon is much, it's, this location is much better run and better organized in a sense. So that, it makes me easier, a little easier. The floor plans are going to be a little bit more, I guess what I say, it's make more sense. Because last year or last, first first years, everything's all blended, right? We have booths and we have classrooms. Everything's all blended together. And it's confusing. And the sponsors are actually, they can't leave their booth because there's always people walking around it. It's like, yeah, so now the trade show area is its own section. And when it's closed, we'll kick everyone out and the trade show area will be closed. That'll be its own room, basically. It's a giant room. It has about 100 some booths, but it's a space just for trade shows. And then we have our classrooms and then we have other added activities and new things coming in. So while it's a lot 
it's simpler because I already have the roadmap for a lot of these things. It's much more complicated because we have even more moving pieces. Like beforehand, we just had our, our speakers and then we had our trade show, but now we're adding in things like, and then we had the parties at night, but now we're in an alternative program. I'll just call it because we really want people to have other things to do because some people really are just about the education. They're like, I don't care about the parties. I'm not going to go to the party. Even if you paid me, I'm not going to go. So we've added more sessions. Like last year we had four, four sessions and we had two kind of small lunch sessions. This year we have five breakout sessions and we added two lunch sessions that have three options instead of just one. So there's a lot more classrooms. So there's literally classes going on all the time. Plus we added a VIP extra bonus session. We usually do one with Tuss and I on Monday morning, but we added one extra one on Sunday afternoon. And we also have sponsor booths this year. So or suites. So some of the sponsors, like I just got the breakdown from last from London Lash. They are literally holding classes in their suite, which is going to be the floor above the main floor. And up there, they, they have people like McKenzie and Reggie coming to speak and teaching their own additional classes on top of everything we already have. So now you have them teaching classes, which I'm super jazzed to see. And then we also have two demo rooms, have one demo room so that you can go see people during lunch demoing work so that you can see hopefully and find new techniques. So this part is more last driven. And then we also have a, on the 14th floor, we have a little suite up there that we're renting for the weekend. And we're going to be doing these little two hour sessions where certain sponsors are going to be up there and they're going to probably have some drinks and they're going to have a demo or a little talk, a little meet networking opportunity. So we have that going on. So this is all going on at the same time. We'll send you an app probably one, ten, seven to 10 days before the con with the schedule in it. You'll see on this app, all the different options and you can just build your own con. So you'll just say, I'll go to this talk and I'll go to this talk. I'll go to this demo. I'll go to this breakout session. I'll go to this thing. And you just kind of build your app. And that way, when you get there, you won't have to sit there and stress. You already have thought through and seen all the kind of comments and feedback on which talks are best suited for you. And so that's our hope to make it really easy for people. I don't think this is answering any of your question anymore. I've just gone on the rant. So <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I guess this idea is that with all the simplicity of doing some of the things over again, like all our parties are the same kind of parties. So I didn't have to sit there and stress out what party we're going to do. It's like, Oh no, Friday night's going to be the mix and mingle, which is really a networking party. Saturday night is the Vegas party. That's the glamour party where it's, we dress up. There's a nightclub. There's a, a area you get money, you get $500 in fake money. I wish it was real. You can go gamble all, for all you want. And then Sunday night is our karaoke party. And then Monday night's the PJ party. And that's just kind of locked in. We are doing the same things, but and a lot of the same people are, I think everyone, but the Vegas party is the same people hosting, which makes it really easy. And, but at the same time, then I had all these extra things like the sponsor suites and their lounge. And we have, we're going to have escape rooms on Sunday night. You can go do in the evening. If you want to do that, we have a movie night we're adding on Monday night. So if you don't want to go dancing, you can go just sit down, watch some cool movies. So we're just doing other things that help enhance it and add extra. But of course it doesn't happen by itself. Now I just have more things to do and more people to see. I mean, we did our staff went from nine to 16 this year. So I have 16 staff, 70 volunteers is what I'm hoping to have. So it's going to take an army of almost a hundred people to run all this. And that doesn't include all the vendors and the AV and the video. I mean, behind the scenes, probably 120, 130 people are making LashCon happen. So it's got, gotten bigger, but still at least thankfully a lot the same people. In fact, most of the staff, all my staff, but one person came back this year. So they know what they're doing. I don't have to teach them again. 
things are going to hopefully run a lot smoother and but just bigger. I mean, the hotel's three times what our old hotel was. So it's a lot more space. No, I'm excited. And I just thought of this question too, because it's like, how have, like, is there any big lesson that you've learned with having to, that's a lot of people to, between like attendees and vendors and then your staff and then the hotel staff too, and all of the moving pieces. I'm sure there's been some complicated times like communicating and stuff and like trying to make everybody happy, but obviously that's an impossible task. Has there been anything you've learned throughout doing this conference for five years of just like either managing your expectations for making everybody happy or just a system you have in place? Cause I feel like that would be really overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, for me, the good news is I've run events before. I ran the film festival once for four years and I learned investing in the people first and really taking care of them is really first and foremost. While I love my attendees and they're important, if I don't take care of my volunteers and if I don't take care of my staff, then I can't build a consistent experience. I really need the same people coming back as much as possible every year because that's going to allow me to build a real flow and working environment that's fun, enjoyable. And so focus on those people is important. And I get that wrong sometimes. Sometimes I'll get caught in the moment and I have to remind myself, no, no, no. These are the people that make everything happen. So take care of them. Don't get mad. If something's not right, ask questions, find out why things aren't working and how we can find a resolution for them. I'm not there to cause issues. I'm not there to rag on anyone. I'm not there to get in anyone's case because I know everyone wants to try. And also make sure that I only hire people who are motivated. I don't try to motivate my staff. My staff comes motivated. If I have to motivate them, then I did something wrong in the hiring process. Like I didn't find the right people for the job because you can't really motivate unmotivated people. It's not like, well, just pay them more. They're not motivated. They don't care. They're just doing the, it's just a job for them. So we we're very special last year. Everyone that came on, this was our first year where we really had a full staff and where it really worked. And so for me, that's one of the most important things because I mean, my first year, 2019, I had no staff. I mean, I had some vendors, like an AV guy, a camera guy to take pictures, a video guy walking around, sound lighting people. But overall, I had no real staff and I did everything. So every decision had to come through me. So if there's a problem with a speaker, Paul had to deal with it. If there was a problem with a vendor, like a sponsor, I had to deal with it. If there was a problem with a speaker showing up or not showing up or not knowing where to go, I had to deal with it. I literally had no one. I mean, I, I remember when we were about to open registration, I had like I had maybe 30, 20, 30 volunteers, and only of those volunteers, I think half of them showed up. The other ones just said they'd show up, but they, volunteers tend to have a tendency not to arrive or show. You always have to have more than you need because they're at least now, because I've learned to vet and do things differently, I say we maybe only about 80% of our volunteers show up, which is, I think, is a good number. But back in the, it was like 50%, maybe 40% only showed up. So I just remember I had not thought about how to do registration until about 10 minutes before <laughs> the event was going to start. I mean, I had kind of idea, but I didn't write it out. I didn't have a system in place. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have time to train my volunteers. So I remember I was sitting around and okay, guys, we're op- the doors are opening. Just a f- not doors, weren't doors. They're just a line of building. It's like, in just a few minutes, we're going to let the registration start. So here's how we do it. And I just remember thinking, what the crap? I'm telling people like two minutes before their job how to do their job. They're not going to know what to do. It's going to be stressful and horrible and miserable for everyone. Thankfully, it was our first year and everyone was just so forgiving and, and everyone was just excited to do it. So it worked out fine. But I just remember going that I got to do better. I have to put in systems. And so between systems are really what free you and everything in life. And so for me, already with our volunteers, we have two volunteer meetings planned in early September. 
all ma- they have to go to one of them that's mandatory. So I'm going to explain all the jobs. I already have the job descriptions written up from last year, so that makes it easy to go back, t- tweak them a little bit, add a couple of new things because it's a new event. So it's all in place. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel, and we'll just train people. And so for me, learning the use utilize systems, making sure that also I. If I, if I want LashCon to grow, it can't be just me. I have to bring on more people. That's why I have 16 people on my staff. That's why I'll have 70 volunteers. That's why I'll have, I mean, I have three photographers. I got probably three or four videographers, two or three videographers. Then I have my eight v- video team, which is like six people, seven people who just shoot the classrooms. And then we have the AV team, which is like eight or nine people doing sound and lighting. I mean, it's just like, it just keeps growing bigger and bigger. But the good news is you get good people that head up each other's departments. So I don't have to get in the nitty gritty back in 2019. I had to get, if AV went wrong, I had to run in the room and fix the sound. It was my job. I rem- I think I remember like you coming in and having to fix like people like the computer or, like something but I will say from like going from 2019 to up until this year like it seems to be like flow really well in 2019 obviously you've seen like how much it's grown and expanded but I mean I mean, I feel like I was like, dang, this is pretty good for like the first year. And you had like two or 300 people, like didn't yeah, it? Yeah, about 270 we had at the total. So it was at the time largest conference ever that I'm aware of, at least in the United States. And it was, it ran well. I mean, overall it ran well. I mean, there were things I wish I did better, but like for the first time year, I think it went fine. Yeah. And, and I compared to everything I'd seen before that. So I'm my own competition at this point i'm not really trying to think about anyone else because everyone else is doing their own thing and i think i always look at other people and try to learn from them like oh that was good or that was good take notes or wow that was bad don't do that but at the same time i'm really my own worst enemy in the sense that i'm my worst critic every year test is like paul you're always so hard on yourself you're always saying this sucks or that sucks but i feel like i i don't want to paint over a way say overlook things and just say oh this is great and just because then you don't grow and the only way you grow is being really critical of yourself in a kind way. I don't, I'm not mean to myself. Like, oh, I'm a loser. I suck. I never should do this. But at the same time, I'm very realistic because I don't want to be that person that goes on American Idol and sings and I suck. And it's all because everyone in my life told me I was an amazing singer and I showed up at American Idol thinking I was going to be the bomb and I'm the worst, actually. That's horrible. And that's actually the difference between a lot of, for me, I think someone who succeeds in business and does well, it's being self-aware enough to know like that wasn't good. Oh, that was okay. That was gold. I should do that again. And then, and listening and being humble and hearing all those around you so that you can improve. When you see where it's in the slum world or salt working solo or trainers, those people who have it all figured out, I feel like five years from now will be in the same space they are today because they aren't humble. They aren't really self-aware. They're playing the American Idol game instead of playing the game where, you know what? It's okay if Simon tells you you suck. You want to hear that because when you suck, you learn a lesson and then you can change. And that's to me is invaluable. I embrace my haters. I embrace people who don't give me bad feedback. When sponsors come to me and say they were disappointed, while in my heart hurts, my head's like, thank you. This is what I need. I need to hear these type of things. And so for me, it's over the years, it's it's one reason why I think LashCon's gotten better. Another lesson for me is because I have been willing. I mean, I, last year I had over 400 people fill out surveys, questions, giving me feedback, what they loved, what didn't love about LashCon. 400, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of data for me. And I was able to change a lot of things with LashCon this year because that, I mean, the, one of the biggest complaints, which anyone who went to LashCon over the years knows that last year, we didn't have tables in the VIP section. And holy hell, 
that was like the dumbest decision I made at LashCon last year because people were pissed. I mean, I had people say, I'm never coming back to LashCon because the, I didn't give them VIP tables. I mean, I was like blown away. I was like, wait, what? The reason why I had to get rid of them is we had too many people in the room. The room only seat about 700 and we had the thousand people at LashCon. So, and thankfully not all thousand ever showed up in the room at once, but at the same time, I was nervous. I was going to turn people away. So we were doing this weird thing, get rid of tables. So thank goodness this year we have tables for VIP in the front section. I will never make that the mistake again. We will make sure people can sit and have that table. It's a very important. People say, I bring my coffee. I have my notepad. I just like, and also just makes them feel important. Like they have all the regular people have to sit there and use their lap, the right notes on, but I have a table. <laughs> that's hilarious. Cause I, I mean, I've never done a VIP ticket. So maybe that's why I'm like, what? Like that's the biggest complaint, but I guess I can see if you like have gone a couple years and you're used to having that table, that's your expectation. So you're like, where did my table go? <laughs> Oh, no. People literally wrote in, I bought the ticket because I wanted the table. That's why I bought the VIP. Not for the swag bag, just so they could have the table. And then they didn't get the table. That was really just drove them really mad. So for anyone listening right now who's one of those people, I'm so sorry, but you're, I heard you and we will have tables this year. I promise it will definitely be a much better experience for our VIPs. So yeah, <laughs> it was well, that's, that good. is the important part about collecting that data and taking the feedback. So that's it is. good. And, and anyone listening, we had the same thing with our salon. When we were at a salon, we, we, I remember having team members tell me, like, I've never had this many people complain about my service, about my work. And I remember I'd say, the reason why you hear complaints here and not at other, and when you were elsewhere, is you were not welcoming of those complaints. You did not give people permission to complain. The way they, by the way, the way they complained is they would never come back. That was the way they voted. They voted with their action, not their voice. We give people ample opportunity to give feedback. When someone is checking out our front desk, and I always tell our front, staff, front desk staff, like, oh, you always ask, how are you? How was the appointment? How are you? Lashes. And 99% of the time they go, oh, it's fine. And then you see them go over the, there's, we had these giant mirrors so people can go look at themselves <laughs> and look at their lashes. If you see someone going up to the mirror and doing this thing where they go up and they're like, and they're looking at their eyes, I guarantee you they're not happy. They're not happy because they're, they're double checking the work again. They're like questioning in their head, like, is it full enough? Did they, I don't know. Or maybe it's a little uncomfortable or something like that. And so they're rubbing their eye a lot. That's when you say, it looks like you've been looking at your eyes a lot. Is everything really okay? You just give them that permission. And then they usually go, actually, no, I'm actually looking here and it seems a little thin here. And that's, you don't get that unless you really give permission for that. And also we did that through our, we sent out surveys. We did, Lots of things that really made it clear that we cared enough, even if it was bad news. And that's so helpful. And that's where LashCon, I think, has really thrived, is that we really worked hard. And I've asked, I've told other people who do conferences, and I've never seen, gotten a review. I always say, you should always have a survey the day after LashCon or your event. And they always go, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. And none of, I have yet to get a survey from any event I've ever gone to other than LashCon. And, and I'm like, man, you're missing out on some of the best lessons you'll ever get. I know it's more work, but man, I just use the same survey since 2019. I barely tweak it. So once you make it, you just use it again every year and just put the new email list in, send it out and get that feedback. I, it is 
I think it's actually one of the secrets why LashCon has grown and gotten to where it's at. It's because we've listened very carefully to everyone's thing. Because if you just ask a few of your friends, hey, how was LashCon? They'll be like, oh, it was great. It was awesome. But when someone can anonymously write you a nasty letter, it's like, actually, Paul, you know what? You were not that all that. You kind of missed it in this. Man, do I embrace that. And I'm thankful for that as much as I, I might go home and cry, but I still know that it's the best thing for me. So yeah, if, if you're a salon owner, if you can find feedback and get that type of stuff, aside from getting a bad review on Yelp or Google, but literally real-time feedback, man, that's invaluable. And it will help you become a much better business owner. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's smart for you to do it right after for especially LashCon, like right after, because obviously that's where people, it's all fresh in their minds. If they are pissed off about something, they're probably still a little pissed off about it. So they're going to make sure they want their voices to be heard. So I think that's super smart to send it out right away. I wanted to ask, what is your favorite part of the conference? It's afterwards, all the stories I get to hear, all the I mean, I guess I'll say two parts. It's kind of the same thing, but there's the real time, I'll say data gathering when I'm at the event. I mean, last year was the first year where I was really available, the whole con to be around with every party. I wasn't always running around because I had staff now, so I could actually engage and listen to people. And I probably had 500 photos done of me with people. And almost always when I'm sitting there listening to someone or talking to someone, they would share their story. And I would, I regularly would tear up. The whole time they'd be like, because of you guys, because of Lashcast, because of Lashcon, you guys have made such impact in my life. I was quitting my business and then I found you guys and it inspired me. Or I came here alone. I've made two new friends and now I feel like I have hope because I have a community I can rely on to help me. Or people come back saying, you know, this is my third year back and I brought two people with me. And because this con is where I finally found my love for the industry. I mean, there's just countless stories countless stories of that real time happening. So it's very emotional for me. It's a very like four days of just being just people really pouring into my life saying, thank you for all the things that have happened and all the things that have gone on. And then afterwards, the afterglow stories, seeing all the posts on Instagram, seeing all the reels, the TikToks, seeing emails and getting, reading the feedback. Really, when I get those emails, the feedback 95, 97% of them are like raving stars, like awesome, awesome. And then they start sharing the things they learned and how their life has changed. You know, they'll be like, my husband left me and I thought I was going to have to quit and do something. But now I have a chance. I realized, you know what? I have a community that's got my back and I'm going to make a difference in this world. And I have a, a fire now burning inside me. You, you mean literally, I mean, everything from I was a mom and I just had kids and I thought I couldn't be a lash artist. I, th- I thought I couldn't do both. And then they, they come to the con and they meet other moms who have children and they're doing it. They're finding a way to make it work. And they're like, there's people like me in this world. And I think that's the really big thing in LashCon that happens. Aside from learning stuff about business, it's finding out you're not alone. There's people just like you. And it only happens when you get like 1,000, 2,000 people together that you there's so many voices, so many different backstories that when you go out there and you start meeting them, you're going to find that tribe. You're going to find that person, those people that are like you. It's hard to do that when there's only 10 people in the room. Like you, I've been plenty of times with 10 people like, no, none of these people, I don't vibe with any of them. But you get a room in the, the thousands now, you just have to do a little work, a little investigating and a little connecting and a little talking. Before you know it, you're going to find those people and you're going to walk out of the room just going, okay, this is my family. Now, not everyone in here is my family. God bless all of them. But these women I've connected with, this is my tribe. And that's where I feel like for me is the stuff that makes it all worth it. I mean, I slave a year working. I mean, we do take, I try to take at least a month off of the year 
spread out over the year. But when those other 11 months I'm working, it's 60, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks for me pretty regularly. I don't, I'm kind of a workaholic. <laughs> so I, so I, but I do love it. And when I get those feedback responses and emails and all that, it literally is, I'm like on cloud nine for like a month. It is so good. And it's actually what I regularly do when I'm looking, feeling a little burnt out, a little tired. I actually go back and start looking at some of the reels and seeing the people sharing their stories on from last year. I record every one, by the way. It takes me, oh, it takes me forever. I'm like going through every, because everyone who tags me, I'll take it, record it. And it's like a 30, 60, 90 second reel. So I'll record it. Then I have to edit it the front off the back off because it doesn't cleanly edit it i'm editing all those reels and saving them all and they become really my fuel they become my 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 little north star so if i do get lost along the way i go back watch those and go yeah this is worth it look at this look at that look at this person look at the, what they learned what look what they got out of it look how happy look how joyous and how content and how peaceful these people are when they leave LashCon. it really becomes my burning fire yeah, that's actually so smart to do too, to like be able to look back and just be like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. This is like the mission. And I think for me too, like my favorite part of the conference is just the connections that are made when you're there. And they really are like one of a kind and you do find people that you would have maybe never met before or really even gotten to know on a deeper level. Because I mean, Instagram and following people on Instagram is nice, but it's really nice to meet them in real life. And then you know, I've had multiple times where every year it's like you kind of have your little group that you're like, this is our little LashCon family group that we get to like hang out and go to the parties and do all that stuff. So that's my favorite yeah. too. No, it's really the connect. That was the biggest shock or surprise from LashCon. And I bid LashCon mainly for business. Like, ah, we're going to learn business, business, business. And then connection really became like networking, connection, friendship, feeling belong, feeling like you have a group your tribe that really has risen to like the number one benefit from LashCon is that you walk away from LashCon with a tribe, a community, a family, because you're there for three or four days. So it's not just a one day conference where a lot of people just get in last second. And then as soon as it's done at five, you drive off and you're gone. You're like, wow, that's hard to really make connection. P connections come from shared experiences. So that's why with LashCon, another one of our secrets, I'm sharing all our secrets. I, these are intentional, by the way. These weren't just accidents. We intentionally put all these experiences together because that's where I know those connections happen. So sit in the classroom. Mm, okay. You go, hey, we learned something together, guys. We're connected. Not really. It's the evenings. It's the sitting down over coffee. It's sitting down over a drink. And that's why this year we're adding more stuff. We have a lounge. We have a game area. We have an Instagram room area. We're going to have a person doing headshots. We're going to have a person with a massage area. We're going to have people doing nails. We're going to have a thing with LED light therapy. We have maybe this podcast room I'm looking at doing. We're going to have vendor suites, movie night parties we have i'm trying to create so many experiences oh actually we just added this on saturday we're gonna have a wine and painting class so if you oh, want to come and have some wine and paint <laughs> we're gonna have these canvas bags and you can paint something on it we're gonna do all these things and it's just experiences experiences that's when you walk out that's why like military guys right the reason why they're so close is they go into fight and they go into do these things together or athletes work on teams where women's sports or men's sports either one they get so tight because they're experiencing something together that you can't do any other way and and so for us that's why we want LashCon to really have all these experiences to create that community connections and initially in 2019 i didn't get that but after 2019 i was like holy crap I, this is all about connection it's all about community and yes, I want you to learn business. And if you're there, just learn business, 
Trust me. There's so much information. You don't have to worry about it. You will get it. And then we record everything and there's a video replay so you can watch it all afterwards. You have, we, every year we say two months. I think every year we give it out for six. So it's like, it says two months. And then we just, after two months, I'm like, ah, just leave it on. Who cares? I mean, it's not making me money anyways. I just want to help people. So you can watch and, and see all the speakers again and again and again, or the ones you couldn't see because a lot of them are at the same time. So you can pick the ones you want. So it's about that. And then really, and then lastly, it's the, you know, the trade show. That, I mean, that also was a surprise. That kind of came out. I thought, well, we'll just have a little area for people to meet. And we ended up having like, I think 15 or 16, which was a lot that back in those days. And so it's just grown to now we have like 90 booths. I still have like 10 to go to sell, but we'll have probably about hundred booths total. Some, we would, we actually have 114 booths, but some people bought multiples together. So they have larger areas. Like no shock. Lashbox LA has got the biggest booth at Lashcon because that's what Lashbox LA does at trade shows. They have the biggest booth, but that said, yeah, the trade show that I didn't see it being this huge, massive thing where you could literally see all your favorite major brands and new brands and Kayla's going to be there with a booth too. So you can go by and, and stop by her booth and she's going to be interviewing people during the podcast. So it's really, those things have evolved. It originally was just supposed to be about business and it's become so much more than that. Yeah. And I feel like last year, the trade show area was packed like consistently. Like it was crazy. Yeah, it was busy. And we were doing the same thing again this year. We did like a preview night Saturday afternoon for two and a half hours. The show will be open and everyone, and it's, it's going to be a crazy two and a half hour mad rush. We, last year was only two hours. I tried to add another half hour, just give our sponsor or our vendors more time because they really need it because there were lines in all over the place to get product and all that. And then Saturday and Sunday, We'll be, or Sunday, Monday, we'll still have trade show times. But yeah, that Saturday is is always crazy. It's like almost like a mad rush and it should be fun. It'll be fun because it's really going to be its own section now. So it won't be blended with the classrooms. Classrooms will be in their area and then you'll have the trade show over here. So very, very at least better defined boundaries, we'll just say. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really excited. That's cool. I want to talk. So we've talked kind of about the parties and just all the different experiences that there's going to be. But we have to talk about the Lashy Awards because this is something that you guys implemented two years ago, right? Where you started doing that. So you just want to talk about the Lashy Awards and then we can talk to you how people can enter to win. Cause I think it's really cool to be able to have like give their prizes in our industry. Yeah. This is really the Oscars for businesses. It's not about technique. So again, we love naming things that not, it's not really about <laughs> It's called the Lashy Awards, but it's really about business again. So we would like to be ironic at everything we do or misleading. It's a great marketing strategy, <laughs> but that's the Lashy Awards started and were inspired by the Salon Today Top 200. What's Salon Today Top 200? That's been going on, I think for 20 years. And it's, a magazine, a business magazine that is mostly for the hair world. And they recognize salons for business stuff. Not nothing. You have the Nala's, uh, Nahas, I'm sorry, the Nahas, which is National Hair Awards, something like that. And that is every year with the PBA. And they that award's stylist, right? The hairstylist for all the be- great, crazy work and all. It's really cool. I, I've gone to it a couple of times. It's a fun show. But we, this is really all about business and salon today did that. And I, I love it because it's not that you don't have the Oscars and we've, we tailored it the same way. You don't have like your nominees are like your nominees are these five and only one person wins. They would let many people win a category if they earned it. 
And so for us, we injured our salon back in 2013 or 2014, I think it was, didn't win. And then the following four years we entered, we won and we were, we would, they had 11 categories. We'd land a couple of years. We won like seven, eight categories. So we won a ton. We were on the few salons that would win more. Most salons just win one or two categories. We'd win like seven or eight. And it's because we were good students. We would learn what we needed to do to improve our business so that we would be eligible and all that. So that, that was our background. That's what we started. And for us, it was a great selling point to be a top tier in salon. We could put on our marketing. We could share it. It made people really look at us like a much more in a better light because I love third-party validation. I feel like it's the best kind of validation versus me saying, hey, I'm a great lash artist. I love to say, no, no. What does everyone else say about me? And they all go, no, Paul's a great lash artist. Now we're talking because now people are more likely to believe me because other people are verifying that I'm good. So when we started Lash Awards, a few reasons we started aside from just we experienced this with the salon today, top 200, is we really wanted to have the opportunity for people to be rewarded for their business, not just lashes, because there's tons of lash competitions, but very, they really at the time were no business conferences or recognition in the lash industry. So we started for that because we really wanted people out there who are really killing it and doing good work. They should be honored. They should be recognized. They should be seen. And so we love to create an opportunity for that third-party validation. So you can say, I'm an award-winning lash artist. That sounds really nice. It's a nice thing to put on your website. It's a nice thing to put everyone. You get a nice little trophy you can put in your, your store. So when people see that, they go, what is that? Oh, I'm an award-winning lash artist. I won for best customer service or best training or whatever it is. Like, that's really cool. That just helps people feel like they're a good consumer, that they're going to an award-winning artist. And they're more likely to brag about you to their friends. Like, did you know that? my lash artist winning awards that's pretty cool very few lash artists can say that so it's a nice way for people to build their marketing and and help build their name and their brand in their communities another huge thing that we did for was so that people really could evaluate their business like we're going to ask in this when you submit your thing to us it's a survey question so you're going to have to answer questions and what's nice about those questions is that they're going to ask questions that you probably don't normally ask yourself and make you look at your business and go oh no, I, I never really thought about that. And so hopefully if you don't do well, you'll go back and go, I bet I didn't do well because I, I remember when I answered that question, I, can, I didn't have a good answer. I guess I need to go back and build and work my business. So aside from helping some people over their marketing, we really want the real gift of la- the last year awards is that you get to evaluate your business and you get to see where you can grow and improve. And that for us is worth gold. That is, if I can get a thousand 2,000, 5,000 last artists one day to do this. Every year, you take a night off and evaluate your business, judge your business with a clear mind and critically in a good way. You will grow your business because you're really thinking it through and seeing what you can do differently. It's very much what, you know, again, the American Idol problem that so many people have is they just think they're amazing and they drink their own Kool-Aid and they don't realize that they suck and they're not really doing, they're not self-aware and not thinking about it. We really want the self last year awards to be that. So it's really has those two purposes. Everyone wins with the second one. Everyone wins because everyone's going to get better. Everyone's going to improve. They do the last year awards and then a handful of people win because last year, one category, one, three had three winners and most had two. I think we had one that only had one because you had to, you still have, you get scored and you get rated. We have like 45 judges are all industry professionals, people, you know, and their faces are on our website now and they will evaluate your essays, but it's blind judging. So we don't like tell anyone it, everything's blind. You don't, you're a number basically to them. They'll read your answers and then they'll rate it. 
and then they'll submit to me and we'll figure out who is the top. Whoever's at the top, we try to do a couple people. We don't, I'm not guaranteed we're always have multiples. You have to score high enough to win. It's not just, a, it is merit-based. It's not a popularity contest. It's not about being popular in any way. It's all about having systems and doing good work and then be able to write it out and explain it in a good way. So if you're not a good writer, maybe get some friend or hey guys, ChatGPT could help you write your essays. You <laughs> That's know, you actually can, so you know, true. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to lie. I don't say don't right. lie. Don't make you have make up stuff about you. But because this is an honor system. If you're like, eh, this could be worded a little better, just drop it on ChatGPT and say, can you make this a more smoothly written sentence that sounds bright and cheery or whatever? And then they'll write a new sentence for you. That's too long. You cut it in half. They'll write it to you in half. And then you can present them. I'm not, and I, I don't feel like that's cheating, that you're just using a tool that's helping you be a better communicator, especially for our friends who English is their second language. That might be a nice, helpful tool. And by the way, you're not graded on your grammar. We don't care. We're graded on the ideas, the ideas, what are you sharing? So if even if you do do poor English, at play, don't worry, you're not going to get a lower score because of that. But we will really look at the ideas. Ultimately, that's what we wins. And so everyone enters in. It's really, I'll just say this. So I got to the benefits. Let me share in a little bit about how you get into it, I guess. So last year awards is you just pay a $75 fee. You have to have been in business this year. Like if you just started two months ago, you can't enter. And you basically have two categories. There's a solo artist and there's a lash salon art category. Solo means what it means. You work by yourself. You're your own business. You're not an employee. So we're not looking for employees. You have your own business as a solo artist or you are an owner of a salon and you have staff. That, that Those are your two categories. I'm sorry, we don't have an employee category because it's about business. Like employees don't run businesses. They're employees. I mean, they may have responsibilities in business, but they don't run it. We're trying to honor and, and really lift up the people who are running their own businesses. So there's one of those two categories. You enter into it and you're going to need two, three, four hours to answer all the questions, enter your answer, your their survey questions. Some are yes and no, but most of them are going to be survey questions. You need to write out answers not one word sentences. That's not going to win you. You got to explain and brag about your business. And this is okay. I generally am not big on bragging, but here, when you're doing an application, you want to brag as much as you can, how amazing your place is. Share all the benefits, all the wonder about it. You're going to talk about things like your customer service. You're going to talk about things like your, how, how you built your salon, the look of your salon. There's categories for like training. If you have a team, you're going to talk about how you do your training every month or team compensation. How do you pay your staff? Do they get benefits and all that stuff? And so there's all these different categories, seven for salon owners, five for solo artists, Go in, you fill all those out, you submit it. And by the way, you have up until the 11th of August to, to submit, but you can edit up to that point. So let's say you enter in on the 8th, you can come back on the 9th and go, no, I want to make some changes. And we will not look at the serve answers until the final day when then we'll lock it down. And I'll just say this because I, I mentioned Kelly, there's going to be, I know we're dropping this just like a couple of days before we have close the doors. You guys, if you're listening right now, you're going to get the inside scoop. We will extend it by one week. <laughs> okay. So, go. we're going, so you got crap, time. I don't have two days. I can't do it. Don't worry. You have to the 18th. Okay. So very few people will know, but Kayla's tribe will know. You guys have Thank to the you. 18th. We're <laughs> going, we always give an extra week because I know it's hard for people to meet deadlines. And, and I know people will like every year, about 20, 30% of our people who sign up come after the deadline because we give them the extended deadline. So we're going to do that again. Don't worry. But that said, I would still advise if you can't get done as fast as you can, as soon as you can, get that stress off of you. 
enter it in, and then you've need a little more time to go back, tweak something, fix it. You can, and it, you know it's going to take a little time, but when you're done, you're going to get a wealth of knowledge about things that you can improve. And if you win, you get to come to LashCon, come to stage on stage on Sunday night. We have our awards program. You get to go on stage. PLA is our sponsor. Michelle will be there, their CEO, and she will hand you the trophy. And you'll get a chance if you want. Not everyone did, but if you want, you get like a short Oscar speech. We go on and just say something cool, what you learned, something you like. And the idea is to just honor you and celebrate you because you're special. You're doing something that other people aren't doing. And we really want to acknowledge that and reward that and allow that to be a chance for you to grow your business and your branding through finally being the award-winning slot. So yeah, that's kind of the, it's a lot there. Hopefully I helped. Yeah, no, that's a lot. Of, that's good information. Do you have to attend the last conference to apply for it? Oh, no, you don't. That's a good point. Because last year, I think probably 90% of the people were already coming, but there were a couple that one that didn't come. We will ship the trophy to you. Just give us a little time after Lashcon's over. It is just like, I mean, I'm, I'm still working like 80 hour weeks for like two weeks, just wrapping everything up, paying everyone returning everything, hearing feedback. Cause that's also when I interview all the sponsors and the speakers and I, I get their feedback and I talk to people and, you know, so it's a lot of feedback time, but I also during that time, we try to mail out all the trophies last year. I think we had two or three people. So, but we will offer you, by the way, if LashCon, if you win, let's say we announced the winners in September, about five weeks before LashCon or maybe six weeks before LashCon, we'll announce the winners. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. We have the final deadline, let's we'll say the 18th, 11th or in the 18th. Then we have a week to do the judging and then we'll announce the winner. I think it's September 1st or 2nd, something like that. And then you'll have still till October. So if you haven't bought your ticket, we will give you a, a discounted rate. You won't be paying the full price, which at that point will be like $1,000. We'll give you a discounted rate, I think like $800 ticket. So that way you, you can save a little money. You deserve it. You should come to LashCon because we really want you there. It'd be great to have everyone on there in the room. And we invite everyone to come. I mean, honestly, it's like, honestly, not everyone comes to watch the last year awards because some people are probably like, hey, I didn't win, so I'm not going to go. But with that said, there still probably was a couple hundred people last year in the audience there to cheer you on, celebrate you, and bring all your friends, family, whatever. We'd love to see that room as busy as packed as possible. And I'd love to see other last artists supporting each other. Even if you don't win, hopefully then next year you'll win because sometimes it takes a couple tries before it goes through. Well, and like you said, like kind of like self-reflect and audit of what you could do better and improve on. But definitely, I think everybody, even if you're not going, like submit your business, especially that there's a separate for this like salon owner and solo. There's so many solo artists. And that's what I thought was really cool that you did this was that there was the solo artist part. Cause I feel like as a solo artist, sometimes we kind of feel like left out a little bit in things. Cause it's like, well, it's just us, but there's a lot of solo artists that are creating like amazing experiences or have like really cool like technology in their salon and stuff like that so it's really cool absolutely yeah it was always about i mean salon owners are our first love because we were salon owners but solo artists is the bulk of our industry most people are solo and the solo entry there's always more entries in the solo than their salon so if you're a salon owner by the way you probably have a better odds of winning because there's there'll probably be a two to one ratio of entries from salon solo artists to salon owners so yeah just a little inside behind the scenes if you're listening right now like, oh well it wasn't the guy and by the way let me just say this about winning because i know a lot of people go, oh, i'm not that good you'd be surprised you really would be surprised we entered in we started entering competitions in like 2015 2016 and yeah our first year we didn't win but i remember another year we our, our coaching company strategies we they have their own awards program and our coach oh you entered i'm like our place sucks, man. We have so much to change. We have so much to grow. 
and but we were good at one thing and we were really good at rebook and that's one of the awards was high who had the highest rebook who was good at getting clients back in every month and we were really good at that we were always like 96 97 almost 100 of our clients always came back every month we rarely lost the only reason why someone left our salon was because they moved that was it so and so we really were good and we won now we won that category. We were like, what? We won an award. We're such a mess. We have so much to improve, but it didn't matter. We were good at that. We're really good at that one thing. And so you would not be surprised. There's five categories. Go online, look at all the categories. You'll be surprised. There's maybe things there that you're really good at. Maybe not everything's where you want it to be, but maybe there's one or two areas that you're really solid that you can score high on. Maybe you have a beautiful salon. Like your systems aren't there, but when you built your salon, you made it really beautiful. So you should definitely, if you have an awesome looking salon where a solo or, or with a company like a, a salon, you should enter because you're going to submit your photos. You're going to show off your place. I mean, last year I was impressed. I mean, the person who won best home or not home, but solo had, had a home business. She actually decked out her home with a new entrance. Everything was separate. Her space was nicer than any salon I've been to. It was absolutely gorgeous. And so you, you'd be surprised. A lot of you out there listening right now think, oh, I'm not good enough. You, you might be good in one area. Maybe not every area, but you might be just good enough in one area and you could win. And I, becoming an award-winning slash artist, I guarantee you, your clients will have mad respect for you if you could put that by your name. Heck yeah. And they're nice little trophies too. You get a display in your salon. So that's great. That's awesome. Well, to wrap it up, I guess I want to talk about just like ticket options and prices. I know that there's another price increase coming right before the conference. So we have one left. So what are the ticket options currently? Yeah. I mean, we basically have really one big one. And then we have uh, one that I didn't think we'd sell any, to be honest. And we have sold a lot of them. We basically had our VIP. Those are all sold out, but we right now have our standard ticket and that's eight ninety seven. So basically $800 as one more price increase that comes in September. So you have like a month to buy a ticket for eight ninety seven. We do have a three month payment plan. That will be ending mid-August and be turning into a two-month payment plan. So if you want to get in the three-month payment plan, you're listening right now, go do that right now. Also, at this point, if you don't know, I've passed out discount codes to people all over the industry, meaning all our sponsors and all our speakers. Now, I don't think all of them are going to share them because a lot of them are busy, but I've encouraged them like, hey, guys, get that discount code. So if you want to save $100, you can reach out to any one of the sponsors. You can reach out to Kayla. She's a sponsor, by the way. Yeah. And well, she'll we can tell plug you. it right here. It's fine. Yeah. Why not? What What yeah. is it? Is you know it what? the LashCon 100? Yes. yes. LashCon 100. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm and I'll put it. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes too, along with all the links too. So yeah, you can use that LashCon 100. So that way you can get $100 off your ticket. Yeah. You're only paying $7.97. So $800 for four nights of parties, three days on the trade show, two days of classes, and all the extra bonuses and connections and breakfasts and all the things we have going on. It's so much, guys. For There's literally no conference. Even tra personal trainings, guys. You go to trainings, you're going to pay $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 for a training. This is gives you so much more. It's like the most affordable thing you could do in your career this year. So I do, but at the same time, I know it costs, but so that's why we have a payment plan. If you get $800 divided through three payments, super doable, but there is one ticket left and this is our diamond ticket. And this is like the, 
the epic ticket of t- tickets. I didn't think we sell anyone. We were just doing it as a marketing ploy. I mean, we think there's a lot of value and it. it wasn't like, all oh, right, let's come with a cheap way to rip people off. It's not, if anything, we're really not making money, but it's definitely a cool ticket. It's a, it's basically $5,000 or $499.7. We have one left. These are the opponents. You get everything you get with the normal VIP ticket, which means all the you know, extra, there's an extra party. There's some extra classes. You get a t-shirt, you get a monster swag bag and all that. But, with this ticket, you get picked up and dropped off at the hotel or at the airport in a limo. You get a three-night stay in a studio suite, not just a regular room, but you get a suite and you get three nights. You get dinner at Morton's Steakhouse for four, so you can bring three friends with you and go have a dinner on Sunday night before the last year awards. You get first seating at all sessions. We're going to be saving three seats for Basically, anyone who has done this, buys this ticket, gets basically a, their seats saved for you. You also get a personal, you also get a headshot. You get makeup done for you on Saturday, Sunday and Monday morning. We'll have a makeup artist stop by your room, do your makeup. You also get a party-only ticket so you can bring your spouse, loved one, some friend with you. You also get a bonus Lash Lab class, which you usually have to pay extra, so you get that. Let's see what else we get. Oh, you also have a personal assistant, meaning that there will be someone available by phone that if you need something or have a question about, you can reach out to Chelsea. She's going to be our, our VIP assistant, and she'll be there to help you and assist you with things. So there's a lot going on, a lot of bonuses there, all included. The only thing we don't pay for is airfare. So yes, 5000 is a lot. But uh, two people bought it because, you know what? They had great years. They kicked some ass and they want to reward themselves. So we still have one left. And we'll I actually I have at least two people who keep coming out to me. I think I'm going to buy it. I think I'm going to buy it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, then you don't, the only thing you have to worry about is your airfare. And then you're just like, everything else is just, because I mean, that stuff's a pain when you're traveling. Figure out like your Uber from the airport and like all that stuff. And getting makeup done at your room, like that's pretty sweet too. Like I would love that for myself because you're so tired by the la- the end of the weekend too. You're like, do I even want to put makeup on today? Like Exactly. Yeah so. yeah. so makeup and then the headshot, get your headshots done. We're going to, there's a lot of fun stuff with it. It's going to be a nice, nice ticket. And I'm sure that people get it will feel like they got their money's worth. So yeah, we got one of those left. But otherwise, standard tickets, way everyone goes for, it's a great ticket. And with a hundred dollars off, only basically paying 800 bucks. So I, I think that's a steal. So definitely sign up today. Will we sell out this year? We sold out tickets last year. This year, because the place is so much bigger, I'm not too worried about selling out, but we are getting close. I mean, I, I think we could sell another 150 tickets or so before we have to close them. And I'm thinking with the two months that we have, we'll be close. Like Maybe we'll sell out maybe a couple of weeks before LashCon, but I don't think we're going to sell out like next week or anything. <laughs> right. No, that's exciting. Well, thank you for taking the time to like sit and tell us all about all the new things and just your journey throughout like starting this conference too. Do you want to just let everybody know where they can find you on all the socials? Go to the lashconference.com or you type in lashcon or the last conference in Google and we'll pop up at the top. Then we have at the last conference as our Instagram for the conference itself. And then there's at lashcast. Either one of those are where we deal with anything lashcon. You can buy tickets through there through our links. But yeah, at Lashcast or at the Lash Conference is our Instagram. And also, I believe on TikTok, but we really don't have that set up for a store. So don't bother with TikTok. Just go to, and that's at Lashcast on TikTok. But yeah, that's where you'll find us and you'll find everything you need. Facebook, we do have a roommate exchange on Facebook that we're going to start pushing. So if you look for a way to save money and share a room, you go to the roommate exchange, basically type in the Lash Conference roommate exchange and on Facebook, and you'll see that group. And you can start posting, hey, I'm going to be there. I need a room. And hopefully you'll find someone to join you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And once again, everybody listening, I will have everything linked in the show notes. So it's really easy for you to go grab and they'll have the discount code in there as well. Thank you so much, Gail. It's been awesome seeing you. And it's always a pleasure and can't wait to hang out in October. I know. Me too. Thank you. All right, guys, that's a wrap. That's it. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at The Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Peach Tustany, as well as our special guest, Kayla, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Oh,